श्री गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाए गोर भक्त बिंद की जाए गोविंद प्रेमानंदे सो गुड इवनिंग एंड टुनाइट वी आस्क फॉर क्वेश्चंस सो डज एनीबॉडी हैव एनी यस Did you get the question? She says that she heard from another sect of Gaudiya Vaishnavas that to be followers of Rupa Goswami or Rupa Anugas that um one must follow the bhava of rupa goswami as rupa manjari which is how he appears in krishna leela as a handmaiden of radha and without pursuing that one can't really call oneself a rupanuga and i guess a godiya vaishnav and if, and so she felt a little uh felt that it was a little uh forced so she wanted me to comment on it Okay. Um Rupa Goswami has taught us the way. <coughs> And in his book Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Hmm. And in that book he explains all the different rasas. And in his other principal book the Ujjwal Nilamani he speaks about Sakya rasa in the first two chapters in terms of its role in madhurya rasa which is what the book is principally about and rupa goswami himself is th- thought to be 
in Madurasa as a handmaiden of Radha and sometimes that is referred to as Manjari Bhava. Hmm? So if we are to follow Rupa Goswami, there are two ways in which we can follow, call ourselves a follower of Rupa Goswami. In one way, we follow his teachings on Shuddha Bhakti that he's explained in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Anyabhilashita sunyam gyan karmadi anavritam anukulena kushnanu silanam bhakti ruttamam. And the other way in which we'll follow him, uh, some devotees may follow him, is in terms of his own internal uh, life in Krishna Lila in Manjari Bhava. Hmm? So it could be said that this is the full sense of the term Rupanuga. To follow Rupa Goswami kind of externally, in a sense, in terms of following the teachings of uh, Shuddha Bhakti. Hmm? And in the context of that, to pursue within Shuddha Bhakti the same bhava as Rupa Goswami. Hmm. Um, However, um, if one follows Rupa Goswami in terms of pursuing Shuddha Bhakti hmm, and at the same time pursues another uh, bhava or rasa other than Manjari Rasa, Manjari Bhav, hmm, such a person is still a Rupanuga in the first sense of the term. Hmm. And whenever uh, my Guru Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada, used the word Rupanuga, throughout all of his writings and uh, speaking, he only used it in that sense, in the sense of following uh, Rupa Goswami's teaching on Shuddha Bhakti. He never used it in terms of following the uh, the particular bhava of, of, of Rupa Goswami, which he himself did not follow, as we know from his own own own, own testimony. Hmm. Um, and he considered himself a Rupanuga uh, in, in, in that sense. So it is a little bit of a narrow uh, way of speaking about it to uh, 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 not acknowledge the... Um, Uh, the follower of Rupa Goswami's teaching on Shuddha Bhakti as a Rupanuga, hmm? uh, at least in, in, in one sense. I'll give you a nice, uh, well, an interesting example. There um, is a book that was written several centuries ago hmm? um, called 
I believe called Preo Bhakti Rasa. Hmm. And it's a book written by a uh, devotee, maybe Nainananda Thakur, um, who was a Gaudiya Vaishnav and a follower of Sakyarasa. Um, the lineages of Sakyarasa in Gaudiya Vaishnavism were the first lineages. They were formed by the followers of Nityananda Prabhu. Hmm? The Dwarasago Pals, as they're called, the twelve principal cowherd friends of Krishna and Balaram in Krishna Lila that appeared in Gaur Lila as associates of Nityananda Prabhu. So you know that Nityananda Prabhu started Gaudiya Vaishnavism hmm? because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was teaching Krishna Bhakti and Nityananda Prabhu said, I will teach Gaur Bhakti. Hmm? Before the sophisticated books of the Goswamis from the Vrindavan side and from the, the, the Nabhadweep side of Kavi Karnapur and so forth were ever written about uh, Chaitanya Vaishnavism and so forth, Nityananda Prabhu very boldly stood up and said, uh, uh, we will not chant Krishna Nam, we will chant Gaur Nam. Pajagoranga kahagoranga lahagoranga irnami yejana goranga bhaje seyamar prame. This is really the beginning of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, in a sense. And so his followers were setting up shop and uh, initiating and so forth. Uh, um, and so there are some lineages stemming from that influence in Gaudiya Vaishnavism of Sakyarasa. So this Nanananda Thakur is in such a lineage and they're followers of um, Sudam Gopa in Krishna Lila. He is a, um, a he has Gewala Sakirasa. Sakirasa with no other influence, like no influence of Madhurya or Vatsalya, like, like some other um, types of Sakirasa. So anyway, in Nainananda Thakur's book, he explains in some detail all of what Rupa Goswami explains in his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu in his chapter about Sakyarasa. He has a whole chapter about Sakyarasa, um, explaining all the Anubhavs and the, the, the Stayibhavs, the Sancharibhavs that are relevant to that rasa, the qualities of Krishna that are uh, most attractive to those in Sakyarasa, the forms of the ages of Krishna, the, so on and so forth. It's a, it's a fairly detailed and comprehensive exposition on Sakyarasa. He did this on Vatsalya Rasa, on Shantarasa, on Dasarasa, and Madhurasa, very little in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu because he has a whole book Ujbal Nilmani about Madhurasa. So, Nanananda Thakur has taken the, the uh, uh, chapter of Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu on Sakyarasa and he's explained that in some greater uh, depth, all with deference to Rupa Goswami. Hmm? With his deference to the Goswami, means Rupa Goswami on his head, he so. So he is, in effect, we, we would say, following the lead of 
Rupa Goswami who has explained Shuddha Bhakti and this is one of the options within Shuddha Bhakti and it's a prominent option in the sense that uh, Nityananda Prabhu uh, uh, brought this this influence uh, with him. After all, he's Balram, he's Krishna's best friend. Hmm? And um, and he came with his, with his other friends, the Dwadasa Gopals and, and so on and so forth. So uh, Sakiras has a has a pl- place in in Gaudi Vaishnavism, and um, and and Gaudi Vaishnavism is all uh, following the lead of Rup and Sanatan uh, Goswamis and Jiva Goswami, Rupa Goswami, Sanatan Goswami. They were taught personally by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and empowered to speak about. Um, uh, what would become Chaitanya Vaishnavism or Gaudiya Vaishnavism? Um, so it is a little bit of a narrow uh, interpretation. Um, but at the same time, it's a nice interpretation to say you know, the, the full follower of Rupa Goswami is following him in both both ways and, and so forth. But when we say that in a way that um, without having that bhav, hmm? Which is sometimes the case, and probably the case um, in, in the instance in which you heard it, then it, is a, a, it, it can tend to be um, somewhat uh, less attractive and, and becoming, because it speaks more of kind of an exclusivity and it is uh, a veiled deprecation, if you will, of other. Um, uh, sentiments, which uh, is an area in which one doesn't want to go. Hmm. Um, Pujapad Sridharmarsh, for example, uh, uh, understood uh, uh, Prabhupada to be in Sakirasa, and he explained why, what the symptoms were that he saw that lead him to led him to to think in that way, and so forth. And it was very firmly his opinion. He made that clear. Um, and it was very beautiful in the, w- in the way in which he spoke about that also. And some people heard that and they complained hmm, um, that he's criticizing Prabhupada by saying that Prabhupada is only in Sakirasa, which is not what he was saying, but he was saying yeah, he's in Sakirasa. And Srinamarsh heard that he had complained some of Prabhupada's disciples, and he was stunned by that. He thought, I thought it was rather a compliment to, to say that he had attained Sakirasa, and, and of course that was his conviction as well. And then he said, what do they think Sakirasa is? What, what kind of, they think it is a bad thing? He asked. He, he could not uh, fathom that. Hmm. So this is a, a more of a spiritual assessment that is that and, and Sridharmarsh was a very strong follower of Rupa Goswami in both sense Rupanuga in both senses of the term. Hmm? Very strongly uh, pursuing and an attainer, a realizer in Manjari Bhav and a strict follower of the Siddhanta, the Siddhanta and the Bhava in particular of Rupa Goswami. But he had uh, a different Apparently, 
way of thinking about it than the person who you heard that from. And it, it's, it is from a person who actually knows something by experience, what is bhava. Hmm? Anyone can talk about bhava. I mean, it's a little complicated, but you can learn the theory and so forth and, and talk about it. Hmm? Um, and you can give a seminar on Manjari Bhav and so forth and say, just see, you must be a Manjari because you're wearing a sari and you're attending all the classes and, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, and it's not a bad thing to have a, a, a seminar on, on, on a, such esoteric topics, uh, explaining the theory and so on and so forth. But to have some Bhav then without even speaking directly about the topic. Hmm? One can do more for people hmm? to uh, uh, have, uh, get, get, give them access hmm? to such higher world and, and I, I, our ideal hmm? than even directly talking about it. And in our lineage, those uh, exalted devotees tend to, tend to, we found, for the most part, tend to talk about it a little, a little conservatively and emphasize more on, on things that would be closer to our, at, at hand, to our, our immediate uh, necessity for making progress. You know me, I like to say that we have to know the goal and we have to know where we are. So I like to give the example, if you come into the shopping mall, sometimes there's a map and it says you want to go to room 108 and it's up here. And then there's another little sign that says, and you are here. So you need to know both things, kind of where you want to go and, uh, and then you have to know where you are. So some theoretical knowledge is useful, but uh, we should be careful not to think that by some intellectual understanding of a topic that um, we uh, have uh, uh, gone further than intellectual understanding of it will afford us. Hmm? Intellectual understanding of the topic is only as useful as it actually fuels practice that focuses on the next step ahead of us. Because if you you know you want to walk the path and you're looking at the goal, you could fall over also and miss the next step. So it's important to have a local kind of focus on what's uh, important for you in the immediate, but not in such a way that you have no idea what the goal is either. That will not be useful. So um, a little of both. Hmm? And... Um, and so I, it sounds like, I mean, I wasn't there, but it sounds like an instance in which someone doesn't have any really bhava and then makes a discussion about it turn a little bit, um, a little bit towards the mundane. I mean, for example, to use another example, it's one thing to say, uh, who cares for varaha? Who cares for matsya and kurma, avatar? What have they ever done? Hmm? compared to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in his appearance. I mean, Prabhupada Saraswati says that, but we wouldn't say that. <laughs> he has some feeling for what is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. We think, 
oh, he ha- we, we'll worship his feeling and so forth. So sometimes in such feeling, those statements can be made. Hmm? But we'll find them charming. But the way in which it, apparently that emphasis on Madhurya Ras was made to you, it was not as charming and compelling and so forth. And um, so that, that speaks of rather some kind of an intellectual maybe a sleight of hand and uh, thinking that one has gained more access to the um, ideal than intellectual understanding of the theory actually affords. And I don't mean to say that intellectual understanding of the theory is a bad thing, it's a good thing. The more we have theoretical understanding in one sense, the, more, the better equipped we are to tread the path. Hmm? But still we have to tread the path. That's the point. And bhava is sululabha very, very rare. So some, someone can talk about it, and, so forth. and as they say, the English adage is, talk is cheap. Hmm? Um, uh, and bhava is not cheap, it's, it's, it's very, very uh, sudurlab, very rare. Uh, it has been said by Mukunda Goswami, one of the commentators on Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, that to attain the eagerness, lobha, for rag bhakti in general is more rare than attaining bhava bhakti in vaidhi bhakti. Hmm? So uh, we pray that we develop the eligibility, the eagerness for rag bhakti, hmm? and um, at the same time we consider ourselves the followers of rag bhakti, although. Uh, uh, we qualify that by, uh, ge- in general, considering ourselves ajataruchi raganuga bhaktas, those who don't have any yet taste, hmm, but are pursuing it on the basis of attraction to someone who does, our guru, sadhus, and so forth, and also pursuing it on the basis of some theoretical understanding of, which argues that this is the best, uh, the rag bhakti, and someone may also say within that the manjari bhav is the highest. So. It's not a bad thing, but we should understand that without taste, it's almost an oxymoron, you know, without taste, raganuga. I mean, rag means following by taste. So um, so we follow one who has a taste, and by way of attaching ourselves to such a person, then we, we are generously called rag bhakta. It's just like it's generous to say prakrita bhakta, means the, the materialistic devotee. Devotees aren't supposed to be materialistic. But the Bhagavatam uses this language to talk about the Kanishtadikari. He's a materialistic devotee. Hmm? It's kind of a generous to call him a Vaishnav, hmm? who is materialistic when the Vaishnav is transcendental to even the whole Varnashram system and so on and so forth. So, uh, But uh, as far as which bhava to choose? Uh, therefore, we, if you said it, we should be careful to choose Manjari Bhava, or we won't be really a follower of Rupa Goswami and so forth. Well, we can do some, you know, choosing in, in, in some sense. I mean, we can choose to follow the, the bhava of our guru, um, under whose influence we are, and so on and so forth. And um, that will generally be the course of most devotees, but still, we find some exceptions are there also that people follow their guru very devotedly and in 
more rare instances, they may develop a bhava different than that of their gurus. Hmm. Whatever the entirety of the situation of Prabhupada is, is another discussion, but we do find that he had a different bhava than Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. In his own words, he said, My guru, Maharaj, is a gopi and I'm a cowherd. Hmm. So this is found in the book, Oh My Friend, uh, his words in that regard. So um, there are, and he was a very, you cannot say he was, well, he's not a follower of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. <laughs> I don't think you could say that about Om Vishnu Padesi Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. He very carefully followed the uh, the, the Siddhanta Rupa Goswami, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, was uh, uh, considered Rupanuga Virudhapa Siddhanta Dvanta Harine. Rupanuga Virudha uh, Siddhanta Dvanta Harine. If anyone would speak contrary to the Siddhanta of Rupa Goswami, he would become Virudha. He would be, he could not tolerate, he would become enraged at that if there was a de- deviation from the Siddhanta of Rupa Goswami. It doesn't say, if anyone had a different bhava than Rupa Goswami, he would become very angry at them. No. But if we have a different Siddhanta from Rupa Goswami, then we are not a Rupanuga. Hmm? If we have the same Siddhanta and the same Bhava, then we consider ourselves very fortunate. And, and we could say we're a Rupanuga in both senses. And, and we hope that many people will become like that. <laughs> that, that would be very nice. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, we find that, that, that there are, is within Gaudiya Vaishnava, there are devotees who develop attraction for other Bhavas. Hmm? So we, 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 we don't have a, if we don't have any bhava then we think well we we have guru bhav. Hmm? Attraction to our guru, we'll be, have guru bhakti, we'll be dedicated to our guru and we think whatever is my guru's bhava, that I'll follow that. But it may come to pass, even it's possible, that you'll develop a different bhava. Now the we talked about this the other day, how it comes and so forth, so I won't re- repeat myself, but um, uh, uh, the possibility is there, and we see examples, a number of examples, in the sampradaya. Hmm? But what I want to say here is um, that how will you know? Hmm? You can make a kind of a intellectual choice, like the person was suggesting, or you could make a choice: just let me follow my guru, and. We'll stick with that, you know. <laughs> and whatever comes of that, then I'll be happy. Hmm? This seems to be a, a very good strategy, um, uh, and it has been my strategy. Uh, and it's not just a preaching strategy. <laughs> uh, so, uh, <laughs> and so, so, I'll tell you a short story uh, to help put this in perspective, and uh, I heard this from Pujapad Bhakti Rakshak Siddhadev Goswami Maharaj. Uh, he said, uh, there was a girl, and she was pregnant. Hmm? And it was soon that she was going to come into labor. Hmm? So, she went to, to bed at, at night, and she told her mother, 
that I'm going to go to sleep now. If I go into labor, be sure to wake me up. Mother said, you'll know when you go into labor. No one will have to tell you. You'll know it's happening. It will take over you and consume you entirely and so forth. So better we focus on chanting Harinam purely without any offense, attentively. Nam Chintamani means Nam is like Chintamani stone. You can get whatever you want from it. Bhaktivinoda Thakur has called Nam Chintamani Swarup. Hmm? So Nam will give you your Swarup. You make a wish on Nam and, uh, and, and uh, focus on, 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 on chanting purely. You have nothing to lose. Everything will come from there. It will come naturally and, uh, and, and you'll know it. At the same time, we should know some theory, and so we maybe become. And I think, as I say, my course of action is I simply follow my guru, and I have two gurus, so <laughs> it's not troublesome. No, so but but with regard to this, I follow Prabhupada. He's my initiating guru, and so forth, and he's the most prominent influence in my life, and uh, and so on. So um, I do think that yeah, that is a little bit of a narrow kind of a presentation. Uh, although there's some truth to it, as I've explained, um, we shouldn't use these things to intimidate others and to bolster our own uh, ego. And uh, these are very, very, very high topics. Hmm? This is our ideal to attain bhava. This is the the, the fulfillment of, of of a life of of lifetimes of sadhana and so forth. We should be have some interest in in that obviously that ideal but we should have some some patience and some sense also about what is that ideal hmm? how extraordinary that is and then we'll be encouraged where we are just to be on the boat so to speak hmm? if you're on the boat and you know you're going to the to the to Sueta Dweep hmm? that private island of God hmm? you know He's got his own private island there. What, he, what goes on there? We hear different rumors about that. So we, we got a ticket to get on the boat. We think we'll go there. And we're on the boat. And that's all. <laughs> Stay on the boat. Gradually, at some point you see the island in the distance and, and so forth. Sometimes you're on the boat and you think, I'm not seeing, are we going anywhere? I'm not sure of it. Stay on the boat. It's hmm. the idea. So, um, I, I think it's worth talking about these topics in this way, and that is more characteristic of the Bhaktivinoda Paribara, hmm, in my experience. Uh, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur uh, wrote a poem, as a series of verses in the poem, but the main verse that is highlighted and um, it was particularly highlighted by Pujapad Sridhar Maharaj. It's engraved in his moth in large letters in stone. Pujala Ragapata Gaurava Bhangai Matala Harijana Kirtanarange. When they were building the marble temple, Gaudiya Mat building the marble temple in Calcutta, 
when the time came and the temple was completed to move the deity from the rented house to the temple, they made a palanquin and a kirtan and they sang this song in which this verse comes, Pujala Raghapata Gaurava Bhange Matala Harijana Kirtana Range. And um, um, what they had been doing to build the marble temple, uh, the marble temple was a big, expensive thing. Gaudiya Vaishnavism didn't have big marble temples like this. In cities like Calcutta, they had some stone temples in the Dhams, like in Vrindavan, where the Goswamis got the patronage of kings centuries ago and so forth. In Navadvip, there were just small structures. There was no yoga pith, temp, pith temple at Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's birthplace. Or, hmm. uh, Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur and, and Bhaktivinoda Thakur did that. So anyway, Bhaktisiddhanta went to Calcutta to open a, a temple, and a marble temple. It's a big thing. And so the, his disciples were collecting money from people. And they were throwing it at the temple. And sometimes they would meet with complaints. This money could be going for a hospital. It could be going for to feed people, and so forth. But Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasattaka said, we will take the money and just throw it at the deity. Hmm? The money represents all kinds of desires that people have. Hmm? So you will take the, the money, which is not only symbolic of their desires, but is a manifestation of their desires by which they might fulfill them. Take that money and throw it at the deity. Build a marble temple and a very opulent and so forth. Hmm? This kind of opulence is not kind of characteristic of Vrindavan in a sense, because we know it's like I've been explaining the last few days, a village, a cowherd place, and so forth, a place of houses made of mud pies and cow dung and this kind of thing. Hmm? Of course, sometimes it is spoken about with some language of Aishwarya to attract some people. Hmm? And so he had an idea like this, we build a marble temple, you throw all the money at this. Hmm? And that we, and my devotees, when they're collecting that money and throwing it at the temple for building the temple, they will think that that we will empty out our hearts of all material desires hmm, in this way, and we will uh, worship the ragmarg. We we will not say we are on the ragmarg per se, but we are worshippers of that marg. Hmm? You know, in the context of worshiping that marg and glorifying that and building the temple to announce it and so forth, hmm, there will come a time, and, and, and this is kirtan, through kirtan, preaching, which involved raising money from people and saying, give money for the temple, you know, don't give money for, give for yourself, for yourself, give money for the temple. And so this was their extended idea of kirtan. They would go out, go out to send kirtan and collect money door to door and so forth. And so, this was all considered to be an exercise in glorifying the Rag Marg. They would install Radha and Krishna and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the, in the temple. And the idea was that in the course of doing this, Gauravabhange, the reverence for that Marg, would be crossed over and one would enter into it. 
so Kirtana Prabhavi Smarana Swabhavi. He said by Kirtan hmm, this will all be accomplished. Smaranam will be accomplished internal meditation very naturally um, by the power of Kirtan in in, in due course. So this was his uh, uh, method and uh, we tend to emphasize in that way and be very careful not to make something mundane out of such high ideals as Sakirasa, Dasirasa, Manjari Bhava and so forth. Hmm? Um, once I talked to uh, Pujapad Bhakti Pramod Puri Goswami Maharaj, God brother of Prabhupada, who had uh, who who considered Sridhar Maharaj his Siksha Guru, like Prabhupada did also, um, and uh, there was some propaganda similar to what you had heard and you asked about that I was not comfortable with. Hmm? Some persons were saying that if you if you want the Manjari Bhava, then you have to come over here. Because Prabhupada is only in Sakyarasa. Hmm? So some people were saying what some people were criticizing uh, Sridhar Marsh for saying when he wasn't saying that. Hmm? Hmm? As I explained earlier. So I had occasion to meet with Puri Goswami Maharaj and I, I sang to him the song of Prabhupada that Prabhupada wrote on the on the boat, the Jaladuta. Hmm? It's a very nice poem that Prabhupada wrote. And Prabhupada did not write it for publication. Hmm? He was on the boat and uh, he didn't know at the time if he would make it to the other shore. He was sick and old. I think he had a heart attack on the boat. And so forth. He wrote a prayer, a poem called um, Prayer to Lord Krishna, hmm? I believe it was called. And in the prayer, he, he prays to Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur for the power to do the preaching that he was asked to do and so forth. And after praying in that way in Sharanagati, a beautiful example of Sharanagati, hmm? and praying for the power to be an instrument of the guru for preaching, his guru for preaching and so forth, then he prays for his ideal hmm? also. That... And with that preaching completed and so forth, if you give me the power to do that, then then I would like to enter into the cowherd fields. Mm. Um, what is that verse? Mm. Yeah, he says, Tomar milani bai, abar she shukapai, gocharani guridin bor. Kotabai, kotabani chuti chuti. Vanikai luta puti se din kobi hobi more. You just have to hear chuta chuti luta puti and you know what it is about. Chuta chuti luta puti se din kobi hobi more. These are words for Sakyarasa. Rolling on the ground and frolicking in the forests and and so forth. He says, Gocharani guridin, may I, O my dear friend, to Maramilani bhai abarshe shukopai. O my dear friend, when will I enter into the Sakyarasa, with you, 
and all throughout the day, wandering <coughs> through the various forests of Vrindavan, herding cows and so forth. Say, Dean, more. When, when, oh, when will this day be mine? He prays like this. So, it's a very nice poem. And he's not writing this for preaching or something. It wasn't a preaching strategy. He's writing in bhajan, his internal moments. He didn't even know if he would even reach the next shore. He wasn't thinking, and this will later be published in a book and, and so forth. We did publish it later on and so forth. And it's in the book, Oh My Friend, also. So... Um, uh, he expressed such uh, such sentiments. Hmm. What was my point? And very clearly, um, and Puri Goswami Marsh, I read him to the, the poem. Then, then of course, when he heard that line, he said, "Ah, yes, Sakirasa." I said, "And and 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 and." Um, and Maharaj, um, some people are now saying that because Prabhupada is in Sakirasa, hmm, then problem. Because if you want to Manjari Bhava, you have to go somewhere else. And Puri Goswami Maharaj said to me, he said, ha, ha, Baba, he said, if you've got a guru, Situated in Sakirasa, like your Guru Maharaj, and you think you've got a problem, then you've got a problem. <laughs> he said, "We should be so lucky to have such a guru, and he can make all arrangements. Who has that kind of access to Krishna Leela?" You can make all arrangements to give you anything you could possibly desire. You haven't got to worry about that. Hmm? So you see, this is, this is some way of talking about these topics that indicates real spiritual understanding. Hmm? Someone who has sakyarasa is not a limited person. You cannot teach you what you need to know or, or take you where you might need to know it's some, it's, it's, uh, uh, put you in the hands of a gopi and so forth uh, you can't do that he's, he's active there in, in, that, in that realm hmm? anybody who's active in that realm who has connection there we want a connection with that hmm? so these are this is a more substantial and spiritual way of thinking and speaking about these things and it's a pity it's a shame it's a, it's, it's it's a travesty, really, that such topics will sometimes be reduced to uh, a competitive spirit and my guru is better than yours type of a thing. This is very, very, very extremely unbecoming. Does that help? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I thought about that, like, general sense, and also from the, what this experience actually means to Sadaka, what changes actually in him. Um, 
Paramatma odchodzi z jego serca i Kryszna tam wchodzi. Stęczy tu chodzi o tym, że ten ogólny sposób i też jeśli chodzi o doświadczenie sadaki, to to oznacza. First of all, you have to understand this is somewhat figurative speech because the jiva doesn't have a heart, like a heart, heart. Hmm? Therefore, in the scripture, when it said we should meditate upon Vishnu within the heart and so forth, this is for visualization. This is a tool to help us meditate. Hmm? It's not that if you open the heart of a great devotee, you would find a lotus in there and there would be Vishnu standing there and so forth. If that we could do that, we, we, would, we wouldn't have any more atheists in the world. <laughs> so it's somewhat figurative. And the idea there in Shishastakam is that, that before one attains ruchi, then there's still some worldliness in the heart. Again, figuratively, our heart is in the world or the world is in our heart. And the world is represented in this verse by the words danam, janam, sundarim, kabitam. And Mahaprabhu says, na danam, na janam, na sundarim, kabitam. I don't have any desire for wealth or followers or all such things that represent uh, the world. I have no interest. I've lost all interest in that. Hmm? And he who presides over that world is the, is the uh, Paramatma. So he says, na danam, na janam, na sundarim, kabitam ba." Oh, Lord of the world, he's basically saying, I'm outside of your jurisdiction now. Hmm? You, you, you preside over the world uh, and the jivas who have the material desires, uh, and I'm not one of them. Hmm? So, I have desire only for bhakti, and I don't care if I get out of the world. Mama Janmani Janmani Ishwari. So he's now saying, my Lord is not the Lord of this world in the Paramatma sense. My Lord is the Lord of my Bhakti, hmm? who is the, the deity of my Bhakti. Hmm? Uh, Krishna, the son of Nandu Maharaj, for example. Hmm? And so he is now my Ishta. Hmm? He is my Ishwar. He is my Pram Ishwar, the, the Lord of my, of my life. We may have the world in our heart, which is presided over by Paramatma, but we don't really have the Paramatma in our heart. <laughs> we have the world in our heart, so to speak, and he's there too. And what is he doing? It's described in the Upanishad. Like two birds sitting on the same tree. And one bird is eating the fruit and the other one is just watching. Hmm? and allowing it to happen. Okay, eat a sweet fruit. Okay, eat a bitter fruit. Okay, this is Paramatma. Hands-off policy. Hmm? The jiva exercises its will and, uh, and, and the world responds. This is anadi karma. Hmm? And so, it, 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 there's... The jiva is the cause for the problem. The world is the cause for the problem because it takes a certain shape based on the jiva's desire. Hmm? And it does, it does something then. It forms a particular shape. 
So these are two causal elements in our karmic predicament. And Vishnu, Paramatma, is also a cause because without his sanction, it can't happen. But he says, well, this is what you're doing. This is the, this is the result you get, so I'm not going to interfere with, with the justice. Hmm? Uh, it's Bhagwan who interferes, in a sense, by coming and giving bhakti to the world. Hmm? Um, so, basically, the verse is saying that, so you want to know what is the experience. Hmm? The experience is, basically, the world is out of my heart. Hmm? There's no world in my heart. In Nishta, one is trying to stay focused has attained some ability to do so, but but the desires are still there. Hmm? But he's not attending to them. Then as the taste comes, the experiences, they're not there. And as I like to explain, what was the medicine of chanting has now become the food. That is the experience. Hmm? And so there's a liking for the chanting. Hmm? There's a taste for this. And this is completely otherworldly. This has nothing to do with the jurisdiction of the Paramatma and all the tastes of the bitter and sweet fruits of this world that ultimately are, are rotten, <laughs> uh, so to speak, uh, because they just result in birth and death, birth and death and so forth. So we've got a taste for bhakti. Hmm? And... He's got a foot now. The moon-like soothing rays of the, uh, of, of, of the moon of bhakti are tangibly coming into his life. And so his experience is, he starts to find that there's a, de- there's a development of certain desires, three desires. Desire to attain Krishna in a particular way. Hmm? Desire to do something pleasing to Krishna. Hmm? Uh, and so forth. Uh, uh, these are the beginning of of, of, of bhakti, hmm? and uh, so this is his uh, uh, experience. And I'd like to say that the theological person is starting to become a real, real person, and the real persons of the real world are starting to become as as unreal as they are. They have no interest for me. They're just a figment of my imagination, hmm? a phantasmagoria, a flower in the sky, hmm? a kasha pushpa. <laughs> you know, you don't. There are no flowers in the sky. Hmm? A unicorn. You know, it's 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 the The world looks to us. This is the real world, and there's some airy fairy idea about spiritual life and and so forth. So there's a, re- a reversal. The world becomes some airy, fairy, dreamlike folly. Hmm? And you can't believe that people believe in the world. Hmm? <coughs> people believe in the world, can't believe you believe in God. And then, Ruchi, you can't believe people believe in the world. How unreasonable that is. Hmm? There's no evidence to substantiate your, that your belief has any validity that, 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 that pursuing the world is, is, is even real, or to speak of fulfilling. Hmm? It's just the opposite. You're thinking, how can you believe in the world? 
<laughs> and the man in the world is thinking, how can you believe in God? Hmm? So there's a crossing over at this point. Hmm? One gets his feet on the real ground, on the ground of being. Hmm? And, uh, and he starts to see the object of his uh, love, the source of that, that ground, starts to take shape. He has a taste in the form of the name and all, all the practices of attendant practices of bhakti and so forth. So this is the idea. That help? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Chaitya Guru. Yeah. Is, is Paramatma do that or not? And if yes, when and how? Okay. okay. So, uh, the way in which we get bhakti hmm, is from bhakti. Bhakti gives bhakti. Sometimes we say that bhakti is born from sadhu sangha. So we could argue that bhakti comes from sadhu sangha, right? But sadhu sangha is bhakti, right? So bhakti comes from bhakti. And this is the kind of bhakti that it comes from. From sadhu sangha. So by sadhu sangha, we get some sukriti. Something like that. And some predisposition for, for bhakti. And then... God helps by 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 uh, appearing before us as the guru, hmm? and the guru is said to be a manifestation of the Lord in our heart. But in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, we are taught not to think that the guru, who is a manifestation of God in the heart is a manifestation of Vishnu, but a manifestation of Brajendranandan Krishna. Hmm? So in a sense, the whole of Gaudiya Vaishnavism is about making Krishna or Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Radha Krishna, the Ishtadevata and the Lord of our heart. Hmm? It's a cultivation of that, hmm? of moving the Paramatma out, if you will. This is just a way of speaking about it and moving Krishna in. And so we invoke Krishna Nam. We don't chant the Paramatma, Paramatma, Paramatma. Hmm? We ch- or you know, this is an indirect name of God. We ch- chant the names of God that are, have the, all of his shaktis in it, that speak about him in a relationship with his devotees, the principle of which 
is, is the Krishna Nam. Hmm. So in effect, from the from Sadhu Sangha, Krishna's coming into our life, coming into our heart. Hmm. And this Paramatma is being displaced. It takes a little time, something like that. Hmm. And then that Krishna hmm, is appearing as the Guru to tell us about Krishna. It also means that the Guru is not an artificial imposition, but it's our own prospect coming before us, personified, all that we could be to show us. And he or she speaks in such a way that seems to articulate what we know and say it better than we could. Hmm? It sounds familiar to us. When our Guru speaks, it seems familiar. It seems like that resonates with me. Hmm? Because it's not an artificial imposition. Hmm? You understand? Hmm? Um, so, he knows our heart in that sense. And what he says, he speaks that hits home, we say in English. Oh, he really hit home. And home is a, home is in the heart. For home-knowing, a home-knowing person is required. Home-going, for home-going, a home-knowing person is necessary. This is the Guru and Guru's manifestation of Krishna. And so, when we speak about uh, the, the Lord of the heart, it's not that we worship Vishnu for a while in the heart and then gradually, you know, we retire from the world and then, we, then Krishna comes into our heart. We try to bring Krishna into our heart immediately. We're trying to displace the world hmm, and come out from under the jurisdiction of, of the world. And we understand, of course, Vishnu to be a manifestation of, of, of Krishna and so forth. So, Chaita Guru hmm, brings us to the Mahant Guru. Hmm? Another way to think about that, of course, is Chaitya Guru is something, sometimes we can say, like kind of like the conscience, conscience when you know, when you think about it, what's what you should do. Uh, some kind of spiritual, internal intelligence. Hmm? And then we'll have some correspondence with Shastra and Sadhu and so forth. Does that help? It's like this. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, is, is Radha and Krishna combined, right? And he is also the Yugavatar. Hmm? As Yugavatar, he is a, uh, the coming from the Mahavishnu. Hmm? So, the two sides of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu... The Yugavatar side would be more relevant to us in the beginning. Hmm? And the Radha Krishna side would be more relative to us as we develop and advance. That side will be important from the beginning to understand theoretically and so forth. Hmm? But the work of the Yuga Dharma, the cleansing of the heart and so forth, and so forth this, is, this is actually the work of the Paramatma, hmm? sends the Yugavatar and so forth. So we will say the Paramatma aspect in our lives is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Yuga Dharma aspect. Hmm? And the Ragmarg aspect is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Radha Krishna, something like that. Does that help? Hmm? So from the very beginning of your Krishna Bhakti, hmm, 
we don't pray to the Paramatma, we pray to Krishna. And, and in that sense, Krishna's already in our heart, but he's not entirely comfortable there or situated there until everything else comes out of the heart. Something like that. Yes. Multiple identities, like Nard or something. Or. Uh huh. Uh huh. Nard and I and Arjuna. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's hard to understand. <laughs> Um, there are different paradigmatic figures in the Bhagavatam representing different things at, at different times and so forth. Um, and uh, these are examples of, I want to say, souls that are constituted of surup shakti, that follow the Lord in different leelas at different times and have different identities in different leelas and so forth. Uh, and they don't, in that sense, exemplify our prospect. Our prospect is to attain an identity in Krishna Leela and possibly an, an alternate, alternate identity in Gaur Leela at the same time, which is Krishna Leela, an extension of Krishna Leela. Hmm? But we find uh, that the, the entourage of Krishna, for example, uh, follows him in different ways to different Leelas from uh, Madhu Mangal, Krishna's friend in Vrindavan, appears as Narada also. Hmm? That's an example. Hmm? We can say that we would, from, one, from the point of view of Baba, we say that, that, that Madhu Mangal is an uh, incarnation of Narada from the point of view of. Uh, uh, Siddhanta will say that Narada is an incarnation of Manu Bangal. Hmm? The opposite way around. Because hmm? um, we see from Siddhanta, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, that whole Leela and all of the associates there are the fullest manifestation of his entourage. We go outside of Vrindavan to Dwarka, the same entourage is coming, but they're not as fully represented. Hmm? So Nard is the incarnation of Madhumangal. But from the Bhava point of view, within the Leela, we'll think, it looks like our friend here, uh, Madhumangal, is an incarnation of Narada Muni. Hmm? Something like that. <laughs> so, uh, at any rate, these, t these persons, they have different capacity to serve the Lord, and they do so in different... Uh, Leelas and so forth, and they have uh, apparently different identities and so forth. Another thing that happens sometimes is, for example, amongst Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's associates, Kavikarnapur identifies different uh, 
more than one person in Ramananda Roy, for example. Hmm? He says he's Arjuna, he says he's uh, Lalita, he says he's several. This is more of um, identifying certain similar sentiments of great devotees in another devotee and identifying the sentiment with the person and saying the person is, is there, something like that. Hmm? Um, but we have to be most concerned about our own identity and that will be uh, uh, one is a, is a lot to, <laughs> to, to, to attain we should work on that <laughs> okay alright what is the time okay we can stop there for tonight we'll meet again in the morning Gaur Bhakta Brinda Ki Jai, Timinut Paribar Ki Jai, Gaur Nityananda Ki Jai, Gaur Premanandi.